This is Bias Bender, and I'm Kayla Stokes. Welcome to the next episode of this podcast, where we are exploring the lives of Black women from the past and the present in order to imagine the future. This week's episode is about Jackie, Mom's Mabley, and laughing at it all. (sighs) Hello, everyone. How are you doing? I'm so glad you're here with me, and... Well, this week, I feel like I need a laugh, or two, or maybe a lot more. (laughs) To be honest, I have been feeling a bit overwhelmed with life recently. Have you been feeling that way? Don't get me wrong, I am loving the potential of spring that is peeking around the bend here, and the world does feel a bit brighter as we crawl out of the winter months, but I am still just feeling overwhelmed. It's been over a year now that we've been social distancing and wearing masks and sanitizing our hands and trying not to get sick and trying not to get others sick. And along with this year of trying to stay healthy, we've had to either go out to work in the thick of it or try and figure out how to work from home. For me, I've seen the industry I've worked so hard to be a part of just shut down completely overnight. I'm really just plain old overwhelmed by the emotions that these one-year milestones are bringing up. It's a lot. And I know you know it's a lot because you're probably feeling a lot of the same things I am. I think my body and brain and soul are just tired of this undercurrent of survival mode that we've been in for so long. Yes, it's been a more low-key year without parties, events, and gatherings to go to, but Also, it's been so draining to live through this much history. (laughs) So, I say all this to say that I need a laugh. I want to learn and talk about someone who brought some levity into the world. I imagine I'm not alone in that want. So, this week, I decided to research a woman who spent her career making people laugh. She was a real game changer in the comedy world, and learning about her work has brought a smile to my face, so I'm excited to tell you more about her. And just as a little disclaimer before we get started, I wanted to let you know that there are quite a few accounts of our subject's life out there, and to be honest, not all of them match up. I tried to track down details that seem accurate, but when a person doesn't give a full account of their whole life straight from their own mouth, it's hard to tell which source is the most factual. And, well, I just wanted you to know that I try my best in all of the podcast episodes to give you the details that are as accurate as possible, but... That's not always an easy thing to do. I hope that makes sense. The backbone idea of this podcast is that I am by no means an expert, but I am endlessly curious, and I think it's important to keep that aspect of my storytelling in mind. And if you ever listen to an episode and you think to yourself, hey, I think she didn't quite get that right, or I know something about this topic that I think Kayla would want to know, please do let me know. I love learning more from you, and I'd be happy to share what you know with the rest of my audience. There's always a way to contact me in the description of each episode, so don't be a stranger. All right, with that said, let's just jump right into it. (laughs) 
The woman who we're talking about today was known as Jackie Moms Mabley, but she grew up as Loretta Mary Aiken. She was born on March 19th, 1894. So, first of all, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, it's Miss Mabley's birthday. Happy birthday! She was born and raised in Brevard, North Carolina. Brevard is a small city that's not too far from Asheville, North Carolina, and the fun fact that I loved learning about it is that it's located in a county called Transylvania County. So yeah, now you know that very important factoid. (laughs) Jackie's early life was by no means easy. Both of her parents unexpectedly passed away while she was still a child, and... She grew up with 11 other siblings, so as you can imagine, life without two parents was really tough on Jackie and her siblings. On top of the loss of her parents at a young age, Jackie also went through another unthinkable period of sexual abuse while she was still growing up. By the time she was 15, she had already given birth to two children who were put up for adoption. I'm not sure what it takes to get yourself up and out of the situations that Jackie found herself in as a child, but she was able to do just that. While she was still a teenager, Jackie moved up to Cleveland, Ohio. It seems as though this was a very important step for Jackie to find her independence and get started on a path that served her. While Jackie was in Ohio, she was exposed to the life of traveling performers, I'm not entirely sure how she was connected with the opportunity to start performing, but that is what happened. (laughs) According to some of the sources that I used, she was introduced to the performing world through a woman named Bonnie Bell Drew. Either way, Jackie found herself in show business. From there, the young girl who was still known as Loretta was encouraged to take on a stage name because a brother of hers thought it would be shameful for their family name to be attached to a vaudeville performer. So Jackie used her then-partner's name and turned it into her stage name. At the time, she was with a man named Jack Mabley, so she became Jackie Mabley. And before long, she was seen as a mentor and mother figure to so many folks that her nickname became Moms. So since we're talking about a woman whose career started in the world of the traveling performer, we have to talk about the Chitlin Circuit. Jackie Moms Mabley built her career off of the Chitlin circuit, and she really made a name for herself traveling around and performing in places that would allow black performers. Now, I have heard the term Chitlin circuit before this week, but I don't think I've ever really taken the time to do a deep dive on its history. So, well, I guess now is the time. Okay, so first of all, we have to start with what in the world the Chitlin circuit even is. This circuit refers to the venues that black performers could perform in during segregation from the south to the northeast. So to really break down the name itself, chitlins is a dish that is made from the large intestines of a pig. Yeah, I know, that doesn't necessarily sound all that appetizing if you aren't used to eating it, but it's a dish that originates from the south, and basically it's from one of the cheapest parts of the animal that... A lot of black folks originally ate because it was what was widely available to people in a tight financial situation. So since the circuit was referring to venues that were owned and operated by black folks, chitlins ended up being the term of endearment. And I think the phrase chitlin circuit really is a term of endearment. Some people think it put these venues down as sort of a second-class option, but 
I feel like since the phrase came from the people performing and attending in these venues that it was just poking fun at the reality that black folks had to endure. The origins of the phrase itself aren't 100% certain, but some accounts say that it was a play on the Borscht Belt, which was a similar slew of venues and resorts in the Catskills that many Jewish families frequented from the 40s to the 60s. Either way, it seems like this food-based colloquial term stuck when describing the places that Black people got their entertainment up and down the coast. Not only were the venues popular places for Black people to go to unwind and hang out, but they were also essentially training camps for Black performers. The conditions were not luxurious, but the audiences were there to have a good time. So whole generations of Black performers from all over the country made names for themselves taking the stage within the Chitlin circuit. Preston Lauterbach wrote a whole book on the subject called The Chitlin Circuit. I suggest checking that out if you want to really go down the rabbit hole and learn more, but I really like this one description he has of the circuit, and I'm going to go ahead and read it for you now. The Chitlin Circuit was African Americans making something beautiful out of something ugly. Whether it's making cuisine out of hog intestines or making world-class entertainment despite being excluded from all of the world-class venues, all of the fancy white clubs, and all of the first-rate white theaters. I think, ultimately, there's a lot of pride in it. And that is the world in which Jackie Moms Mabley cut her teeth. It definitely wasn't the most glamorous, roll-out-the-red-carpet environment, but I don't think that was the point. Jackie made a real name for herself as a comedian and overall performer within the Black communities up and down the eastern seaboard. In the early 1920s, Jackie was connected with an agent who helped her take her career into new spaces. She was able to start performing her comedy routines for bigger audiences and in association with more famous performers such as Louis Armstrong, Count Bassie, Duke Ellington, and Cab Calloway. So, I bet you're wondering... What kind of comedy was Jackie Mabley into? Well, uh, I think the best way to describe her act is by calling it like it is. She was hilariously raunchy. She became famous for a character she personified while performing who was this little old lady who loved younger men and wasn't afraid to talk very frankly about it. The irony is that while she played a woman searching for younger men while on stage, Jackie was pretty open and outspoken about how she preferred women in her personal life. And the cool thing about her life is that during a time when homophobia ran rampant, Jackie didn't feel the effects of it on her career. She was able to be very successful and open about her personal life at the same time. By the 1930s, she was performing regularly at the Apollo Theater. She performed so regularly that her comedy show eventually became the most performed act there, period. Apparently, at the height of her career, she was earning around $10,000 a week performing there. Something that I admire about Jackie Mabley is that she was able to adapt in order to keep her career going as the decades went on. From stand-up comedy, she took a turn to get involved in Hollywood and film acting, too. She appeared in quite a few films, including The Big Timers in 1945 and Killer Diller in 1948, alongside both Butterfly Queen and Nat King Cole. In 
When comedy albums became popular starting in the 50s, Jackie hopped right on board. She recorded her first album in 1960, and it was called The Funniest Woman in the World, and according to all of her fans, that description was incredibly accurate. The album went gold, and she went on to record 19 more in the coming years. Honestly, she sounds like the Beyonce of comedy, if you ask me. It turns out that her comedy albums helped to get her even more exposure, especially with folks who weren't black and didn't frequent theaters like the Apollo. It sounds like the 60s were the time when Jackie broke through into the mainstream, and by mainstream, I mean white audiences. She performed at Carnegie Hall and on nationally aired television shows like The Ed Sullivan Show and The Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. Even amongst these new crowds, Jackie stayed true to herself and made sure her comedy routines spoke to the things that mattered most to her. She made everyone laugh and have a good time, but she also spoke to racism, sexual taboos, and inequality in her sets. Jackie Moms Mabley's career spanned decades, and she was able to bring her talents to so many people from all different walks of life. She even worked until the very end of her life. While filming a movie in 1974, she suffered a heart attack. She was able to finish filming the movie, which is called Amazing Grace, but she ultimately passed away in May of 1975. Miss Mabley left behind a legacy of poking fun and letting loose in the best way. In reading about her, I came across a quote from Pastor Dr. Samuel Proctor, who I think put into words Jackie's legacy in a wonderful way, so I'm going to share his words with you. He said, She could take sorrow and disappointment and lift something out of it, to cause us to objectivize, to put it on a screen somewhere and sit back from it and have a hearty laugh to keep it from destroying us. I love the thought that Jackie's jokes kept so many people afloat through tough times. And that's the story of Jackie Moms Mabley. She turned the world upside down by making everyone laugh until their sides hurt. And I'm so glad that I got to learn about her this week. If you were curious to know even more about her story, I encourage you to check out the sources I list at the end of this episode, as well as just popping her name into Google so you can take a listen to a set of hers sometime. I don't think I can include any of her work here because I don't want to upset any copyright rules, but if you do happen to have some extra time this week, I totally encourage you to listen to a set of hers because her work really tickles me and I think it will probably tickle you too. (laughs) I'll catch you next time and until then, thank you so much for listening. I used the following sources to research this week's episode. Britannica's article on Moms Mabley, the Transylvania Times article, Transylvania's Most Famous Comedy Queen, Jackie Moms Mabley, Part 2, by Anne Monique Ransdell. 
NWPA Pride's page on Jackie Moms Mabley, the Legacy Project's page on Moms Mabley, America Comes Alive article, Jackie Moms Mabley Trailblazing Comedian by Kate Kelly, BlackPast.org's article on Jackie Moms Mabley by Michelle Dartis, NCPedia's article on Jackie Moms Mabley by James D. Gillespie, NPR Code Switch's article, The Origin and Hot Stank of the Chitlin Circuit by Tanya Ballard-Brown, Chitlin Circuit, Blues Culture and American Culture by Richard K. Yu, Atlanta News Now article, Chitlin Circuit, Black Performers Soulful Showcase During Segregation by Fran Jeffries, and Original Music as Always by Adam Westerman. Hello, post-episode Kayla here. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I certainly enjoyed putting it together for you. If you are enjoying the show, there are a few ways that you can support what I'm doing over here. First off, please feel free to rate and review this podcast where you listen. Positive ratings and reviews help get the podcast in front of more people, and I would love to grow this little corner of the internet we're building over here. Secondly, you can reach out and tell me what you're enjoying about the podcast and what you would like to hear more of in the future. You can email me at the podcast's email, which is biasbender at gmail.com, or you can send me a message via the podcast Facebook or Instagram, which are both at biasbender. And last but certainly not least, it would be such a huge help if you could tell a friend or two about the podcast. I am so glad that you're along for this journey we're on, and I look forward to many more episodes to come. See ya!